0: Welcome to the I Love Music Podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music Podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, it's my 50th episode. A few weeks back, I had the tables turned where I asked my friend Julie to interview me so you could all get to know me better. But as you know, a lot has happened, and Julie is here to talk with me a little about what is going on before we go into the original interview. So Julie, welcome back.
1: <laughs> Thank you, super glad to be back. Yeah, so when I sat down and prepared questions to ask you on your podcast, like you said, the world was totally different. Yeah. I mean, it will, in the sense, that while there was terrible racial injustice and systemic oppression happening, people were not on the streets in mass protesting it. Um, There's been a lot of police brutality since then. Um, And so then after our interview, when all these things started taking place, I felt like I was being horribly unjust and irresponsible to not also talk about the impact that this is having on our world. Yeah, and particularly since I mean, spoiler alert, we made time to talk about COVID-19 for a couple of minutes toward the end of the original interview. And I thought, if we're talking current events, we got to talk. Yeah. Current events. I mean, this is 2020. You never know what's going to happen minute to minute. (laughs) It's
0: (laughs) very true. The only thing we
1: know about 2020 (laughs) is that everything is crazy and anything you think is going to happen won't.
0: Yeah. And like this whole past you know, week and a half or so now, or two weeks, or I don't even know how long it is, I've been like, "How am I gonna put out this fiftieth podcast episode and like not talk about stuff so totally I'm glad
1: <laughs> yeah I'm glad
0: we're both on the same page with that, so
1: a hundred percent, a hundred percent, so I know you. And I have both participated in protests during, I think, the last week. Yes. You in Los Angeles, me here in New York. Do you, I mean, do you have any thoughts on what you saw and what you heard? Anything you want to share? Like, what what was it like down in L.A.?
0: um, Down in L.A., it was, I mean, I went during the day and it was very, very peaceful. Yeah, I went with my roommate yeah, she, like, did some research, like, before to figure out, like, where we were going to go and stuff, and since I know, like, LA, I was like, okay, we're going to park here and do all that stuff, and when we got there, I don't, it was just, it was so great to be a part of it, from all the stuff that was, like, on the news, and Everything, like all the you know violence that I've been seeing, and that like the news like just pushes on people, I was a little anxious. I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen, but like I know I have to go down and support, so
1: yeah,
0: um went down there and it was very peaceful, and it was it was just really good to be a part of it and you know be a support, so how was it for you?
1: yeah, it was good, um. So the one I went to was more of a uptown, so I live uptown, and it was actually sponsored by my state senator, whose district that I'm in, and actually I'm going to another one today that he's sponsoring. and he's done some really cool stuff for um, uptown Manhattan. So um, this one was also a peaceful, the, the first one was actually more of a vigil, uh, specifically for George Floyd, and then of course also Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey and the many others uh, yeah before them so it was more of a vigil more of um, like a place to come together and grieve as a community and so of course i mean of course there was a police presence but um it was also very peaceful um and then we'll see how today's goes but yeah it's been good i mean I'm not going to spill out my political opinions, but I'm just really happy that people are showing up. And yes. I mean, yeah. this has just been such a challenging time too. just for I mean, you and I are both white people. Yes. And, you know, I, I think we both are open minded people who believe in equality and believe in all these things. Yes. And you, you yeah. walk around thinking that you aren't racist and so that you've done your work and then suddenly you wake up one morning and you realize I have a lot more work to do. Yeah. Um, so it's been really good and really difficult in a challenging way. Um, but a good challenge, you know, of like the, this, it's time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> it's just I've, time.
0: I mean, I've just been trying to educate myself in the, you know, past week and a half and trying, just trying to listen more and amplify black voices because Black Lives Matter.
1: Speaking of amplifying Black voices, so one thing that lines up really perfectly between everything that's going on in your particular podcast, which is a podcast about music. Yes. And loving it. (laughs) um, Is that this month, June, is African American Music Appreciation Month, which I think is so awesome. And um, I, I love that it exists in general. And I love that it exists right now. I mean, when you think about... American music, you almost don't have music without the creativity and the contribution Mm -hmm. of African Americans, whether it's rock or jazz or R&B or blues or hip-hop. I mean, like, yeah, I'm just scratching the surface here. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Really, I mean, from everything from like songwriting to production to musicianship, I mean, pop music, like every, whatever. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. yeah. <laughs> so do all of your listeners, because I think they're all here because they love music too.
0: Yes. yes. Uh,
1: do you have any plans, um, like as a podcast?
0: When I see stuff, I've just been trying to post to Instagram on my like personal and on the I Love Music podcast, Instagram, different places people can learn and reach out. Uh, yeah, so yesterday on Friday, um, I, I believe it's every first Friday of the month. A Bandcamp gives all its profits to artists and labels, and I saw that Yacht, a really great you know band and project, they on their Twitter they like posted this like Google spreadsheet of like over five hundred black artists oh, and wow. their Bandcamp pages, and I retweeted that just like trying to use social media to be positive and to educate. Yeah, I mean your
1: podcast account is definitely like a perfect. Position to be amplifying like that, you know, yeah, so it's such a cool cool way for you to be able to spread the word about Artists that we need to hear about and then I didn't know Bandcamp was actually doing that regularly. That's really great Yeah, one one practice that I do well. I occasionally do is So I don't know if everybody knows this but you can still buy music (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to just stream it Um, so sometimes what I try to do in general with artists that I like, but now I'm trying to make it more of a practice, especially right now to support black musicians, um, is if I find myself, if I'm returning to a song or an album or whatever and streaming it more than a few times on Spotify or whatever it is, then I go and buy it, but then so that they can have a purchase, and then I go back to Spotify, and then I keep streaming it from there. So they're getting, they got the purchase from me, and then they get the streams, because the streams don't cost me anything. Right. You know what I mean? So that's also another way, you know, if you feel like, for uh, for you, I mean, like for anyone listening. (laughs) Yeah. Ways to support, you know, if there's an album you stream on Spotify all the time, why not just go grab it? Like just go buy it real quick. Yes. And if you can do it on Bandcamp, I guess. That's really cool. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, the um I believe it's every first Friday of the month now, since pretty much uh like since COVID hit, they they've been given back to their artists and to that's the labels. So, cool. so. that's and so then cool. like I know a lot of labels, you know, donated yesterday to like to the NAACP and like other like organizations and whatnot. So That's awesome. Yeah. And then
1: another way to support musicians right now, uh, especially black musicians is go to their website, see if they have merch because
0: merch merch is, so <laughs> merch is a great key. way to support
1: any musician any, yes. in general, <laughs> but especially right now when people yeah. can't tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you love, there's a musician you love let's support them.
0: let's go to their website let's buy their merch yeah merch is a great way to support
1: well awesome jen i'm gonna keep watching uh your instagram account and your twitter account to see new musicians that you're posting especially during this month for african-american music appreciation month Um, i'll be sure to check it out everybody else be sure to check out whatever she's posting and amplifying and retweeting uh, because I know it's going to be awesome. And I just look forward to hearing what you're up to.
0: So yeah, I'm like really excited. In the next, I recorded an interview Daryl Simmons and, uh, in the next couple of weeks I'm going to be releasing that podcast episode. And he is like a fantastic, you know, songwriter and producer and, uh, he's worked with like TLC Whitney Houston, and a lot of, like, huge, you know, big artists. So, yeah, keep an eye out um, in the next couple weeks for that interview. So
1: That sounds amazing. I really look forward to hearing it, and I will tune in.
0: Can't wait. All right, everyone. Well, here is my 50th podcast episode coming at you. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and more podcast episodes will be coming soon. All right, Jen. This is a big day for you. I your know, 50th right? podcast episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't believe 50 episodes. Yeah. This is this is crazy. So first of
1: all, congratulations. Uh-huh. It's a Thank huge you accomplishment. So much. Thanks, thanks. You have <laughs> interviewed so many interesting artists and music industry folks and you should just you should be really proud of yourself.
0: Thanks. I love doing it. I love talking with people and hearing each person's story. So, um, yeah. So I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe Julie could interview me for the podcast. (laughs) One of my very good friends over the years. So,
1: well, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, so, okay. As I was thinking about this, And I thought, wow, this is a big deal. 50 podcast episodes. What I realized is that I'm actually not surprised. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) I'm never surprised when you accomplish anything because you're so driven and you're so creative and you're undaunted in the face of new territory and just new ideas. So what I want to hear from you is whether or not you feel the same way. Like when you set out to do this podcast, did you imagine that you would do 50 episodes? Or was 50 a given for you? And you're not going to be surprised until you've recorded 5,000 episodes.
0: And now I never thought I would actually get to 50 because there have been many moments throughout the process of being like, do I still want to keep doing, (laughs) you know? It's (laughs) like, at the beginning, it was like, "Okay, I'm going to do one every other week. Um, on top of having like a full-time job and going to shows like, f- you know, four days a week or whatever. And, uh, it became too much. So then I was like, okay, I got to reconfigure this and like just scale it back and try to do one episode a month. And cause I'm, you know, cause I'm editing it and then putting it up out into the world. So, but now during quarantine and stay at home orders, like I've been like, okay, I can like Put episodes out about every two weeks now again so I've been I've just been trying to do it and it's like sometimes like when I'm editing the episode I'm like oh yeah this is at, this was like a really good conversation <laughs> <laughs> and then I get excited again and then like it makes me edit because like editing is like I don't like to edit at all so even video stuff even though I can do it And I I do have like the skills. It's like post-production stuff is not my, I'm like, you know me. I'm like more of a people person, more of a, yeah. Relational.
1: Yes. Totally. Vision
0: person that brings stuff together to make it happen. So.
1: Well, it's hard work to edit. And I am right there with you on that. I don't know who these people are who love to edit, but God bless them.
0: I know. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I've I've worked with a lot of really great, you know, film and video editors and it takes a certain mentality and
1: <laughs> it does. It does. So to actually tell me about your background in film a little bit because we all know you as a music lover and music supporter and someone who works in the industry, but you also have this whole other side of you in film. Yeah,
0: yeah um, I mean, I kind of decided I wanted to do film and video production in high school. I took like a video production class called Spartan News way back in the day where we would make commercials and read announcements on air. So I became very involved with that. And um, even though like I w- I'm like very good on the tech side, uh my (laughs) my parents and like my family was like oh go into go into computers and stuff and i was just kind of like but i like the creative aspect of stuff so yeah yeah. so i kind of decided that film and video was kind of like the thing like i had to choose between i remember i had to choose between um continuing band or taking video production and like my parents were like so mad at me for like, they bought me like the, the flute that they bought, they bought me the flute and like all this stuff because that yeah. was your band instrument, the flute. Yeah, the, the flute was my band instrument. So.
1: And what like what age were you when you did band?
0: Like middle school. So I think probably started in sixth or seventh grade. And then when I was a freshman, you only got to pick one elective, like extracurricular whatever. So it was either band or video production. And I chose Hmm. video production. So yeah. And that's what set you down that road. I did Yeah. I mean, I took piano lessons like all growing up. So it's like I've always had like the music element like instilled, you know, in me and And even in college, Mm -hmm. like I took classical guitar lessons and I took a lot of other jazz guitar lessons and stuff. And I always enjoyed like my music classes too, but I don't know, video at that time just was like the, I was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to go on internships and work on different movies like down in the South, like in Georgia and North Carolina. So
1: that brings up a question that I had for you. Okay. Now I want to backtrack to the first thing I said, which was that I'm not surprised because you don't surprise me because you are driven and you accomplish things. And I'm never surprised by it. I always expect you to succeed. But I take that back. There was one, th- one time you surprised me and it was very recently. Okay. And I would just like to say, I would like your listeners to know we've known each other since I think 2003. Yes. Or maybe 2002. Yeah. So, but it's been a while. Yeah, it has been. (laughs) Like you were saying just now, you obviously love music and you you have a personal background in music. And I've known that you've sang, like I know that you've done choir work. I know that you've taken drumming lessons uh, (laughs) and that you enjoy music in just about every way there is to enjoy it. But then last summer you sent me a text message and it had a (laughs) song link and you said, Julie, I think I want to write songs. I just wrote the song with some friends. Will you listen to it? (laughs) And I was like, holy cannoli, Jen Fedor is a songwriter? How long has she known this? How long has she been keeping this from me? So this is a long owed explanation, I feel. (laughs) Yes. So Jen, tell me and your listeners about this process of you becoming a songwriter.
0: So I guess a little backtrack to um, the video side of stuff. Um, (laughs) Being a producer, I mean, I started, you know, I started managing like a rock and roll band, like 10 years ago, and managing an artist and producing, like for TV and commercials and documentaries is a lot like being an artist manager it's like setting deadlines and like making sure that the process is going smoothly like for the artist or for you know the commercial making sure all the moving pieces are like happening together like so like over like working with the band and i i always had like oh this melody is coming into my brain but like i'm working on the business side of things oh now did you keep
1: those melodies quiet did you ever make suggestions to the band
0: no 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 no. I I never I never told either of them uh about my music my music inclinations of it would just you know stuff would come to me in my brain when I was like walking around Echo Park Lake, going to the park and I, I would have stuff that would come into my brain and I'm like oh that's interesting who knows because like I'm, I've am i been surrounded by so many talented people and talented musicians who are friends and people, you know, that mm-hmm. I look up to in general, I kind of was like, I don't know what this is. I kind of just kept shoving down the things that were like bubbling up inside where I was like, ah, there's so many other talented people out there who needs another like... <laughs> So you were well,
1: disqualifying yourself. Yeah, I
0: oh, totally. I was totally disqualifying myself. I mean, over the years I honestly haven't kept up like my guitar skills and like when I started learning drums, I like maybe about a year and a half later, I broke my foot and then like that put a damper on me <laughs> I like, remember that. You remember that like of fully like learning the drums. But I can still drum, I mean. I you know, go to I used to go to like the practice hall that's like just like about a mile away from where I'm at now and uh, would go and rent out a room and, you know, practice drums. I want to do that again one day. That would be great. It's <laughs> when we're out great. of I know. I mean, uh, just when we get out of quarantine and stay at home home orders, you know, When Yeah, one day, one day. <laughs>
1: So then you you had these ideas sort of bubbling up. You were kind of pushing them back down. What yeah. made you, like, what was your moment where you just thought, forget it, who cares if I feel disqualified? I'm just gonna throw these ideas out there. Like,
0: what happened um, for you? Pretty much, like, I, me and the band, we, like, kind of split ways. And um, then I was like, what am I gonna do next? Like, okay, like, You know, I have these like melody ideas and like top line ideas for, you know, different songs, but like, I I don't know, I've never put together a song on my own. So, like, I put some feelers out there to like some friends and was like, hey, can like, can you like, teach me or like, you know, give me like an hour lesson or whatever to see, you know, like, I don't know, are my you know, idea worth a damn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was at one of my friend's birthday parties, um, like beginning of June last year. And I was like, yeah, one of my friends, he's like big touring musician and has played with like a lot of notable bands. And I was like, hey, he was like, yeah, I've been like when I'm, I haven't been on the road as much. And I'm, you know, I'm offering like songwriting lessons or piano lessons or whatever. And I was like, Oh, I was like, yeah, like, I would, I would love to have like one lesson and like throw out like a few of my ideas that I've been tossing around and gave him kind of like the hook melody idea of what I was doing. And he kind of like helped me like figure out the chords and stuff. And he was like, oh yeah, this is like, this is like good. So <laughs> and I was like, oh. was that scary? Oh yeah. it was. It was super scary. I was like, oh, okay. So then, um, then I had like a couple friends um, about a month or two months later. And then I was like, okay, so I sat on that for a while, like started like playing, you know, the chords and stuff like on my guitar. And like, I was like, okay, well, one of my friends visited me from Nashville, um, him and his uh, girlfriend, and then they were staying with me. um, And then I was just, cause we went, we, we go way back and I was like, Nathan, my friend Nathan. I was like, Nathan, we were like, we were going out for breakfast at the Bright Spot um, in Echo Park. And I was like, Nathan, I have all these song ideas. And um, he was like, Okay, let's try it out. So the first one of the ideas that I was working on with Ben in my lesson, we kind of just like fleshed it out in an hour the next day, like on a Saturday. And (laughs) The song is called Saturday. <laughs> and we finished the song on a Saturday. That was like the song one that hour. you
1: sent to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was Saturday. <laughs> I don't think I knew that it came out that fast. That's how you know how to trust a song. In my experience, <laughs> if it just falls out.
0: yeah yeah. we like him and then sarah beth we like wrote the song like we finished the song like within one hour and then like on my little zoom recorder that i had we like just did a really rough demo and i mean when they went back to nashville like they recorded it in um like his home studio but (laughs) yeah (laughs) so then i was just kind of like after that like I was just so floored. I remember like going to yes. yoga class and like I couldn't focus cuz I was just like so like full of like excitement and joy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't like hold like my I don't know, not a handstand cuz I I don't can't do a handstand, but like like some of the poses <laughs> like I couldn't like I just kept like toppling over to the side. <laughs>
1: That is a wonderful image. I love it. I love that.
0: So, yeah, so like pretty much from like ever since then, I've been trying to do like at least two to three sessions a week. And I, mean, Julie, we've been writing together. We, we have. We Yeah, I mean, virtually even before the pandemic hit because uh, you're in New York and yes. so, and you were like so supportive of <laughs> when you got the song. Like, I was just like, ah,
1: thank you. <laughs> it's just, let me say it to the world, it's catchy. It will get stuck in your head for weeks yeah. at a time. It's just, yes. it's great. There was no, there was no option but to be
0: supportive. (laughs) I appreciate it so much.
1: And no option but to say, let's write some stuff. (laughs) Well, if I'm, you know, I'm just congratulating you on things. So congratulations on opening up and sharing your ideas with the world. Thank you. Thank you. And the world is going to be really lucky when these things are released. Yeah. People can hear
0: them. It's really I, yeah, exciting. I mean, yeah, I'm so excited. I am have, you know, my bigger project idea. But yeah, there'll be a bigger project idea coming down the road. So I do you know, I know the, the secret. secret. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: Oh, god, uh, Yeah. Well, let's talk about the music industry. Okay. The, the, not necessarily the other side, because it's all very interconnected, as you are like demonstrating yeah. for us. But let's talk about the, the other side that you know so much about. Uh, tell me about your journey of working in music. Like, how did you you get into it? What kind of jobs have you? What kind of roles have you played? How did you get started? Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess it just started off in college, like going to a ton of shows, and like kind of immersing myself. I'm from, I mean, we're both kind of from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and just going to a lot of house house shows in during the college years and there was a venue called skeletons and the DAC and stuff yeah. so like you know I've always been a huge music fan and music lover it kind of started off there and I always wanted to manage you know a band or an artist and there are like many artists along the way that like I talked about like help promoting them and help like doing stuff, but it never like really clicked. And then, the band that I managed, um, uh, they're called the Bang Ups. And uh, when when I met them originally, we all just like clicked together. Like it was like kind of like the synergy of oh, you can do this, and you you got this, and and I have like the greater connections of different people out there. So it was just like a really all powers like coming together and like working working as one. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I can attest to that. I I got to see that happening in action many times, including some really funny <laughs> road trips that I kind of just tagged along. We went to south by southwest yes. once, we went to Vegas once yeah. and yeah. I kind of just hopped in the car a few times yes. on a whim with oh you gosh. all. And
0: do you remember
1: well, like what
0: memories were you <laughs> Running Running out of gas, gas, um, (laughs) like in the middle of Texas or something, or in the middle of the desert. and So, no, I
1: remember exactly where we were. We were driving because I've driven this road a few times since. And whenever I pass this particular exit, I say, that's the last place to get gas for a long time. And I know that because of the hard way. So, we were traveling east. Out of California into Arizona, and when you get east in California on the ten, yeah, uh, there's like I think the exit is Blythe. I think Blythe okay. is the last place you can get gas for. Like I don't remember what the number of miles yeah. is now. Like yeah. seventy miles or something. Someone else who's traumatized who's listening to this probably knows this exact <laughs> the exact <laughs> mileage. But we passed that and didn't realize it, and I remember all of us, like, sort of freaking out. It was, it was, the the band was a two-piece, and so there were four of us in the car, and we all had our own opinions about what went wrong, (laughs) and whose fault it was, but what I remember the most was we took a gamble. And we decided to go north off the 10 onto this like small county highway because we already knew we don't have enough gas to make it to the next gas station. But there's a highway and maybe if we get on it, we'll come across a gas station somewhere (laughs) off the beaten path. (laughs) Which, was it a good idea? I don't know, but it's what we did. And we ended up at this weird like general store shack in the middle of the desert. And this is where my love of desert people started. Yes. And I remember the guy who owned the store or the manager said, nope, there's no gas around here, but I've got a guy and I'll call him. (laughs) Yes, I remember that. Do you remember this? Yeah. And I remember us standing outside, just sort of (laughs) hanging out, loitering, waiting for whoever this guy was to show up. And I remember looking across the flat desert and there was this little spot on the desert getting closer and closer to us and this dude rolled up on what was it like a like a not not a dirt bike what oh the four-wheeler like a, all, Four, and, yeah the four-wheeler, four-wheeler. he yeah. rolls up on a four-wheeler
0: I remember that
1: with some gas cans in uh-huh. the back and charged us out like you know charged us an extraordinary amount of money for gas and it was like I think it's that guy's way of living i think he depends on people just think, like us yeah survive. it's so
0: true oh my gosh <laughs> because he was so prepared yeah.
1: anyway that was a really long rabbit trail but what a great one of the many great memories
0: oh my goodness
1: <laughs> of traveling
0: I, I think i have some video of that too of all of us just like <laughs> waiting um waiting to get gas so it just i would love oh to my see goodness. that oh yeah i should i should i should find it on one of my very old computers oh my goodness
1: okay so speaking of traveling and being on the road one thing that you did many times you'll have to tell me how many was you went out on warped yes Um, and I know that was really an important experience and sort of ritual for you. So tell me about that, tell me about Warp Tour.
0: Lived in LA for a couple of years, traveled around the world for a year and then moved back to Michigan for like maybe about a half a year or so. And that's when I met the band, The Bang Ups. When I moved back out to LA, you know, I was managing the band and then like working freelancing, working on different movies out here and, and commercials. And, um, at one point I went to the ASCAP music convention out here and like in the back of my brain I was like okay like I need a mentor or like someone who knows more about music or the industry than I do. So I remember I went to a touring seminar at the ASCAP um, Expo and um, I met I met Kevin Lyman because he he was speaking, there was like a panel of like five people and he was speaking and um, afterwards I connected with him and he was like, Yeah, like, send me your resume. I, I told him I was like, I'm looking for a mentor, you know, can and he was like, Yeah, email me and send me your resume. So I did. And then um, I went and hung out, like, I think the next week or something, he was like, Yeah, come, come to the office, like, hang out and, you know, see what you can learn. and whatnot. So I started just hanging out at the, um, the four Feeney offices Hmm. and kind of from there, like got to know everyone who was working in the office and like helped out like on that summer's like warp tour, like leading up until they like pretty much like took off for tour. And then when they came back, I think this is how it goes when they came back like um, went back to the office like maybe like one day a week or like when I could when I was like not like freelancing and stuff. And I was like, hey, Kevin, like, what about the bang ups like? (laughs) (laughs) And um, so like I submitted like all the stuff they needed um, to him. And then he like offered he offered like a two week spot for the bang ups to be on the Warp Tour. and and yeah, and the rest was kind of history, but like, I don't know, kind of like interning or like just volunteering there, like really helped me like get that, like for the, for the guys. So
1: yeah, and I always felt like Warp Tour for you. It was about your job as manager, but it was also more, I feel like for you, maybe that was just me drawing conclusions from my observational point of view, I mean, but I felt like it was a lot of. It was also beneficial for you. Oh.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, I like still have some like like Nathan, like who like I co wrote that song with, he he's been in a band called Stepdad for many years and like that's like where my friendship with him and like the stepdad crew like bonded. And I like I have like lifelong friends now from like that time of like it doesn't matter if they were like tour managers or like part of the production staff or whatever like they're like my longtime homies now and um yeah we've like were there for each other I don't know it's like it was like a whole community and like you you pitched in and you helped out and you like served food like to like everyone and I don't know you volunteered and like it was like more of like a community thing than just being on the road but man like I mean I know I learned my like road credit from doing like two we did yes. two years because like we were just in our bands um so, like, we would sometimes have to drive in the middle of the night where two of us were would drive, like, four hours and then four hours while like, one person slept, you know, in the back seat of, like, the van so they would get a full night's sleep and then we would just rotate. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then, like, we would, you know, go take showers at, you know, Love's truck stops um, just to, like get ahead of like when the you know when the tour buses were like leaving so
1: on a scale of one to
0: ten how would you rate taking a shower at love's uh, truck stops it wasn't it was actually really nice because like you didn't have to wait in line like at like the at the venue or wherever we were so we kind of just like would take off you know when things were shutting down and then go shower off, not on the grounds of like, I don't know if it was like a fairground or, you know, arena, parking lot. So, <laughs> so how often
1: do you think, maybe tell me like out of every two weeks, how many, how many nights of two weeks would you sleep in a bed versus a van? Uh,
0: maybe the first year, maybe like one, one or two. <laughs> The next year, our routing was a little bit better because it was more East Coast based. So we had shorter drive times in the middle of the night, which was like very nice. A gift from and yeah. I just made the band. I was like, I'm sorry, we're going to I'm I will pay for it. Uh, but I'm. I want. I want a hotel room. So the second year we did it, um, I was. I kind of made us like get hotel rooms more, like really shitty hotel rooms, you know, <laughs> more often, right. than Not because I was just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Th- and that's why bands need yeah. managers. Yeah, and uh, I do remember maybe on the last leg of it was the year. What year was it? I don't know if it was twenty twelve, the first year of Warp Tour that we did. Um, we the van broke down, and we were like, "Oh shit! How are, how is everyone going to get to the next gig?" And uh, I, I remember um, Joey and Brent. I don't know what happened, but. I called one of the production staff members and then we were really good friends with was it, Emily's Army, now called Swimmers. And Joey and Brent like hopped on their tour bus and like just slept up like in the front um, of the bus. And I stayed back with the van. I stayed back with the van because the tow man, like tow truck was coming. And it was kind of very... And then what did you do? Uh, I, it was really kind of scary. It was a little bit scary for me because like all the buses were leaving everyone was left and i everyone left because like (laughs) bus like curfew was like 11 o'clock that night because it was kind of a far ride uh to the next i think it was boston or something and um oh yeah i i was just like left in the middle yeah yeah i remember it was traumatic i was like left in the middle of the field and all the buses left, and it was just me with the van, and I was like, "Oh sh-. And that's where that's where the horror. Yeah, movies that's starts, where the horror movie starts. <laughs> and I was just like, "No, it's going to be okay." The t- like the tow man is going to come, and so pretty much like, the tow man brought me like to wherever the co- like it was going to get fixed. And like the next morning, they're like, "This van is like completely like dead and gone," and. Uh, oh. Yeah. And um so I pretty much said, okay, bye-bye van and rented, you know, a minivan and like made my way uh to the next location. <laughs> so.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: and that is soldiering. Yeah, on. <laughs> so yeah, I rented a minivan from Hertz and then um made my way like up up the coast or wherever we were and uh they played, they played the gigs, So they were able to play the last two gigs. And um, then Joey and Brent took the minivan and drove it back to Michigan. And I flew, I flew back to LA. So from like, I remember like being in Jeff JFK at like, they dropped me off like at I don't know, 1 a.m. in the morning, my flight wasn't until like 8 or 9 the next day. So like I I, I remember oh, sleeping in JFK like on the floor or something like that, like waiting for the booth like to open so like a check in. So while they like drove through the night back to Michigan.
1: Oh my word. <laughs> I don't know who had it worse in that situation. (laughs) These are important stories. These are the tales
0: Uh, of being on the road.
1: The band manager. (laughs) Tour manager. That no one ever hears.
0: Tour manager. Yeah, band manager and tour manager all wrapped into one.
1: So your stories are important yes. too. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's amazing. Like
0: when you see like all the buses leave and you're the like last one left in this like very dark
1: <laughs> It's just you and the just darkness. You in the darkness. In a field. Waiting
0: for a random tow truck guy to come and like come and get you. <laughs> wow, that's yeah.
1: scary. That's really scary. I'm oh, Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I had my phone oh on my me, so I was was yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow so you've had a journey journey. i mean you know i've yeah (laughs) tell me
1: now about your journey in this what everyone is calling an uncertain time which i don't know are you getting tired of that phrase i think it's i think it's overdone but tell me about jen in quarantine Yeah. yeah how's it been for you and tell me also like what have you seen happening musically during quarantine and what do you think it'll be like like four musicians four creators what do you think it'll be like oh man i know this is so speculative but tell me first how has it been for you
0: for me like uh beginning of march i you know i lost my uh full-time producing job so the march was just like what the fuck is happening (laughs) it was like kind of like getting your like bearings of like okay like I need to wipe down all my groceries. I need to do like, so like, I think March for me was like, okay, I got to get my footing. And then April was like, kind of more getting into a groove of things. And then like trying to get people to like, do co-write sessions like virtually. So, so luckily, like during this time too, I've been working on the, the Dancing Man documentary. So I've had that to keep me focused on, to keep focused on too. So. I've been filming um, with this really awesome guy, Howard. I interviewed him on the podcast maybe about two years ago, the dancing man, um, the LA rocker. So we've been following his like concert journey for about a year now and um,
1: and that's kind of like and where, where are you in that process? How are you right in the middle of the are you in the thick of We're it? Are of you like
0: near near, near the, the end, middle to end of it now because but like COVID kind of like added like this twist of like, he goes to shows like six to seven days a week now like he can't go to shows anymore. So we're just trying to follow the story. I don't know, like, what's going to happen? Are people going to go to drive-in concerts now? You know, like some, some places yeah. are doing that. So have there been any, been any of those in LA not, yet? Not that now? I know of. And if it did happen, I'm sure Howard would be there. So <laughs> yes. And then you yeah, would then I would be there. So um, not that I know of, but man, like I know so many venues are like struggling right now. And like the troubadour and like all these other like amazing venues in LA they're all shut and I think the hi-hat even mm-hmm. now is like uh, they were just put up for sale or something so yeah, yeah. so it's like a really like really weird time. So, um, but for me, I've just been songwriting a ton, working on the doc and like, you know, I've been looking for new work, but there's not like a lot of job postings out there because film TV is like kind of shut right. down. At least writers rooms or I know are starting back up again, have a bunch of friends that are writers and, um, I know like in the next couple weeks, the room, like, writing starting back up so that's like one really good sign so that's good
1: that's great people are getting back Mm -hmm. to work in a safe responsible way so (laughs) not worth rushing no
0: not worth rushing it at all so
1: just to throw my personal opinion oh my gosh same (laughs) I'm
0: just like I'm staying home as much as possible which is hard for me but and I don't want to put myself at risk of like I've been very healthy throughout all of this. So I'm grateful for that.
1: That's wonderful. So yeah. yeah. I don't know, so does grateful. that answer
0: your question?
1: Or? I think it does, yeah. I mean, how, how can we know where we'll be when we emerge? We see these yeah. venues struggling and musicians struggling and people in the film industry struggling. And that's, I mean, we're just talking about sort of the yeah. immediate creative community here in New York City, Broadway's mm-hmm. shut down until at least September. I mean, and that, and again, we're still just talking about, you know, right. entertainment and creative work. It's just, there's no way for anyone I mean, I'm, to speculate I'm, yeah. what it's going to be like, but I think we're going to get more creative yes, is what I'm so. expecting.
0: And I mean, I appreciate like what Music Cares is doing with like their COVID relief fund. And I know like, uh, Sona has like put together like a fund for like songwriters and stuff. So I really love like all the nonprofits that are like stepping up to help musicians and songwriters and everything like that. So
1: yes, yeah, it's really heartening. It's heartening to see people yeah care about creatives. It, is. it definitely is. It's really it's really the lifeline.
0: I mean, we all have to like help each other and like lift each other up. So it's it's especially during mm-hmm. this time, it's ugh, we got to keep doing
1: it. <laughs> Absolutely. So Jen, you've had a lot of different roles in music, business side, creative side. Do you have a dream job in music hmm. or outside of it?
0: If I ever like had the opportunity to do like an r like I would be really good at that. But you know, I just, I want to keep songwriting full time, continue to keep getting syncs. I don't I just really like being able to do film stuff like film stuff that is like focused on music or with the documentary we're doing now it's like both best worlds for me it's like oh this like music enthusiast and like my film side coming together so like I really love that I don't know it would be great to do the podcast full-time I'm gonna continue to keep doing the podcast I love doing A&R work I love doing a lot of things.
1: (laughs) That's what, that's, that's the essence of you, I feel like. That is the essence of you. It's, I mean, from my perspective, it's about Mm -hmm. building relationships for you and lifting people up around you and being creative and chasing ideas. And let me just say, like, you can't go anywhere in public with Jen and not run into someone that she knows. And this has stayed true. Everywhere I've gone with her, I've been in a lot of different states in this country with her and a lot of different cities, and Jen will, guaranteed, run into someone that she knows. And that's, I feel like, one <laughs> yeah. of your greatest talents is your ability to connect and your genuineness and just that the way that you connect with people. It's yeah. really, I mean, it's a superpower. And yeah. you use your powers for I good always want evil, like, so. people
0: to, like... <laughs> Be their, like, best selves and, like, be their most, like, creative selves. And if I can connect them to, like, their next step in life, like, that's, like, I don't know, one of the greatest joys for me. I'm, like, if I see, like, someone that I know and this person over here, like, needs this to happen, I just make it happen. (laughs) I love making things happen for people. Like, if I'm getting paid or not, it, like, is, like, being able to lift other people up and you know their careers of like whatever they might be going through it's just like brings me a lot of joy that's amazing so my
1: last question for you last summer you surprised me with a secret talent do you have do you
0: have any other secret talents Uh, that you're hiding not that i know of right now (laughs) (laughs) that's probably the best answer
1: <laughs> to that question, not that, not I, know that of. I know of right now. So you haven't started any new, you know, quarantine um, hobbies that you are
0: secretly not mastering. No, I mean, no, not really. I've just been trying to work out more since I have the time. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been doing. I've been. I've been just been doing that, trying to work that into my routine almost days.
1: <laughs> well, I'm positive that you're going to come up with something you are gonna surprise <laughs> yeah. us again because you're Jen and Jen is just you know you're such a multifaceted person and I'm so happy that you asked me to interview you and I'm just so happy for the oh, success
0: you're having with your podcast thank you. and your songwriting oh uh, thanks all Julie your I was like I was trying to like think of, I was like who who should who should interview me and I was like oh I think it would be fun to talk with Julie and I'm, I'm so glad you were open to it
1: it was fun I hope we didn't hurt anybody's ears I hope our Michigan accents didn't sneak yeah. out without us realizing oh. it gosh
0: thank well thank you so much Jen thanks again to the bang ups for the theme music and to Julie for all the questions this has been the I love music podcast with Jen Fedor